From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour as we move on into our 24th year on the air. And thanks to everyone who has helped us along the way, especially you, the listeners who have made this show possible. Uh, Appreciate all of the great help. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And right now, I'm glad to welcome in Mike Allison, who is going to tell us about a great event coming up at St. Mel's. Mike, good day to you. Hey, good day, Bob. Good to hear you. Always good to hear your voice this time of year, Mike, because I know something special is going to happen. That's right. That's right. I know I'm going to talk to you at least once a year, and this would be one of those times. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, got, I always enjoy the theme music, i got to tell you, too. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, very good. It's pretty nice, you know. Yeah. I just got to tell you, 24 years, is that what you just said? 24 years, yeah. Wow. Wow, that's something else. We'll begin our 25th anniversary uh, early October. Wow, that's good. Well, we're both celebrating anniversaries then because this is our 10th anniversary of our Yes, yeah, that's the, the, and uh, tell people what it's the 10th year of. Well, it's, it's uh, the, the Men's Day of Faith Renewal, and mm-hmm. uh, we started this back in 2013. We lost one year because of COVID. Right. Uh, but we, uh, we began this with a group of men that were working on our our parish center over there at, at uh, St. Mel. Right. And um, we had, you know, we, we completed that, and we did all the fundraising, and the guys did a super good job. The architect, the building was ready to go, and was kind of coming to the close for our committee, and we said, well, wait, why are we quitting? Let's, uh, why don't we think of something that we can do in this building? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so you of us men kind of put this out and con- to do a retreat, to do a one-day event for men, and uh, that's what we did, and we branded it uh, the Men's Day of Faith Renewal, and this is our 10th anniversary, and we've been blessed to have uh, many, many men come to this over the years, and, you know, we do our part, and God certainly does his, and it's been a very, I think, successful event for not only our parish, but for men throughout the diocese. I remember when that parish center, I, I was doing an event out there, and it was brand new. Uh, yeah, right across the street from uh, from Pennsylvania Avenue, right across from from the church, and, mm-hmm. and I said, "Wow, this is this is gorgeous." Yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice venue. We, uh, you know, it's, I was there. Um, well, gosh, I just mentioned this a little bit. But we just had uh, our pastor, our former pastor, two pastors ago, Father Liam McSweeney. Oh, right, he just passed he, away. Had uh, just passed away. He was he was priest sixty years. Yep, and, great uh, man, great, great man. Great man, and uh, I, I brought it up because, you know, we had a beautiful mass there um, a week ago, and, and we had two bishops. We had about 28 priests and four deacons and the knights, full, you know, full regalia. And then we had a beautiful reception, and, and Father McSweeney uh, is the one who organized that uh, and, and fulfilled the dream of his predecessor, Father Doheny, to build that parish center. Mm-hmm. So um, I was happy that he got to be there for the first two um, the first two events that we had there. He was very pleased. So it was, it was just kind of very reflective for us, sitting in there and thinking about this great gift and by his hard work and inspiration that was given to us. Boy, you're just uh, a who's who of the great names in this diocese. Yes, yeah. exactly. 
Exactly. We had Bishop Barber. We, we, Bishop Soto is still in Portugal. He went to World Youth Day. Right. Uh, and he was taking a well-deserved little vacation, I understand, <laughs> while he was there. So he was unable to come back for the funeral, but Bishop Wiegand was there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then also Bishop Barber, mm. who has a brother who's a priest. Bishop Barber is the bishop in, in Oakland. In Oakland, yeah. Uh-huh. And he told, he told a story that I don't think, I didn't know it, um, that uh, Father McSweeney um, was a priest when, when uh, it was just Father Barber, or, or I don't know, Mr. Barber. <laughs> well, he's from this area. Yeah, Rancho Cordova. Right. And he said that Father McSweeney greatly influenced him in becoming a priest. Wow. And of course, now a bishop, so it was amazing. Wow. <laughs> you never know. Boy, you don't. That's great. Yeah. So we expect to get two or three bishops every year out of our Men's Day of Age renewal. Yes, right, right. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's there a great That's a great goal. Yeah, they're in Father McSweeney's building, so we'll put them to work for us now. Yes, that, yes. He's on the other side. <laughs> yes, indeed. What a, what a great man he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah, Bob. This is um, our, our event this year is, is Saturday, October twenty eighth. Uh huh. So it's uh, it's going to be here before we know it, and we're super excited because in the very first year we had Harold Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. He was the very first person from up in Portland. Our, up in Portland, right? Yeah. Exactly. And he is all over the place. He's quite a He's quite a uh, powerhouse for the Catholic community, Indeed. and he's all over the world. Um, I was looking through some of the, the the accolades and some of his things, and I thought, gosh, if I read his bio, that's going to take up ten or twelve minutes of our. Of <laughs> well, can't do that, you know. I know the times I interviewed him on the radio uh, by phone, and uh-huh. I told him just put down the phone and open the window, and I think everybody will be able to hear you. That's right. No, no kidding. <laughs> Well, he's called dynamic. He's yeah. called the dynamic beacon, and and that is uh, that's that's uh, very true. That puts it right on perspective. So, um, yeah, I was just reading something. He was named in 2014 as one of the top 50 Catholic speakers in the world. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I and uh, he's he's I have this little list of where he spoke. He's he's been. I won't go through them, but it's like Canada, Italy, Palestine, Portugal, Mexico, Israel. Bahamas, Australia, Virgin Islands, Czech Republic, Guam. It goes on and on. So uh, we were very fortunate to get him. In fact, he was on, supposed to be leading a pilgrimage to, in Greece in the footsteps of St. Paul. And um, right the week before our event, he was going to fly in Friday morning, uh, the day we, we begin our event for families. He was going to come straight from Greece to the second wow. hour to do our event. But I think fortunately, I don't know, fortunately for us or for him, that event was, was postponed or canceled. So he'll come in fresh, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, he's, 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 it doesn't surprise me he's the top 50 in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, that's, that's He's very, very dynamic. It, he yeah. and I, we, we talked off air one time. I, I was born in Portland, and it, oh, yeah. and I think we figured out that uh, I, I was only there for a few years as a, as a young child, but I think we figured out that his parish is, was the same parish as my parents. Really? Wow. Yeah, in Portland. Oh, that's, so. oh, that's something else, yeah. A small world. Small world indeed. And, yeah. Uh, but that's, that's really exciting to get someone like him to come here. 
Oh, we're, you know, and it's perfect because he was our first speaker, and we thought, how we want to do something special for our 10th anniversary. Right. And so we thought, let's see if we can get him back, you know, because he was so popular. And we went back, I started looking at some of the little reviews and, and uh, you know, uh, testimonials, and people were saying it was, he was a game changer, and, you know, uh, it, I, was, I was lukewarm, and the Holy Spirit put me right exactly where I needed to be, and I never heard anyone speak like this deacon, it was fantastic, and got me back on track in my faith, and when we hear those comments, and, you know, we just ask them to write them down on a little form before mm-hmm. they leave, and we, we really get excited uh, in collecting those at the end, you know. Not all of them are that flowery and savable, you know. Some complain about me, you know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, you know, uh, they're always pretty good, and so that's always encouraging. But he particularly, especially for a first event, uh, you know, it, it, we had a good good group, and we, we really didn't change our formula after that because it seemed to work. And um, he's going to be talking, uh, Bob, about this is, again, Saturday, October 28th, but because this is the year uh, of the Parish Eucharistic Revival, which uh, we're, we're very involved in, in um, trying to bring to that movement to life in our parish, we tied this event with the Eucharistic Revival. So it's, it's, it's entitled Revived in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Deacon's going to talk about uh, the title of this talk is Living a Eucharistic Faith. And he says, what's the big deal about Mass and why it matters? Mm-hmm. And talk about uh, adoration, the meaning of, and purpose of Eucharistic adoration. And um, so we're going to also do, a, uh, at the end of Mass, we're going to do a Eucharistic procession and spend the first 10 minutes um, before our conference in, in adoration and benediction and then go over and, and move into the day. So oh, we're, very good. We're very excited. Boy, that's that's great. How, how can people sign up for this, Mike? Well, um, there's a couple of ways. Uh, I'll tell you the website um, for this event is called uh, sorry, uh, smpcevents.org. That's St. Mel Parish Center, smpcevents.org. And all the information is there. You could also go to the St. Mel, if that's easy to remember, St. Mel website. Um, and there's a link under events, and there's a link to, to our website. Um, there's a phone number as well, and that is 916-612-0479. So I'll say that again, 916-612-0479. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. You go online and you can, you can sign up, um, for the events of the day. We're, we'll be doing a Friday night, um, event as well. That'll be free for families that we do every year. That's the um, same. You do that every year, don't you? Yeah. We do that every year. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. It's nice for the families to come and, and, uh, be able to participate. And every year, again, I said, we haven't changed our formula. And, and, you got and ice know, cream. Yeah. I don't know why you changed this one. The ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. these ice cream. So yes, we're super excited, Bob. Well, Take us take us back to, to some of the other ones. Who were some of your speakers? Uh, let's see. We had uh, we started with Deacon Harold, and we had um, let's see. We had uh, Jesse Romero. Oh sure. Uh, and then he was followed by Tim Staples, mm-hmm. who did a great talk that was called "Looking for a Few Good Men," and that was very popular. In fact, that was I think we had three hundred men at that one. Um, we had a, a gentleman, I don't know if you're familiar with Bear Wozniak. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, so Bear came, and uh, we had um, Joe McClain. That mm-hmm. was in 2017, and uh, 
he does a podcast out of Texas. He was he was really great. Um, he addressed some issues for us that um, with pornography addictions and you know kind of just a lot of men you know that don't want to say anything but that need to hear. <laughs> he was real real helpful in that to a lot of areas. But he just talked about his life and how it changed and, and all of it's for the glory of God. He was fantastic. We had um, uh, Dr. Alan Hunt who's part of uh, Matthew Kelly's group. Right. Um, and, uh, and then this was a really fun one. You, you would like this. This was, um, we had Father Burke Masters, the, the chaplain of the Chicago Cubs. Right. He was, he was a ton of fun. And we got to do some fun promo. We made baseball cards with Father Masters. Oh, wow. So. Oh, that's great. It was great. It was, well, he liked that. <laughs> so They're that probably selling on B- eBay now for thousands of dollars. Yeah, they, they might be. They might be. <laughs> In fact, I should look. I'm sure I got a couple extras right yeah. here. <laughs> it might be my fundraiser. Uh, yeah, no, so he was a lot of fun. In fact, he, he told a funny story. Um, he said that he was in the big, you know, going up to the big leagues. I think he got to go up to one, one at bat in the in the AAA. Uh-huh. Or he got, it was some pitcher that came down. I can't remember who it was, but this guy threw heat, you know, and he, yep. and he faced this guy, and he said he never saw anybody throw that hard in his life. Wow. He gets the batter's box. You know, and the pitch comes up, boom, you know, hits the glove, and the umpire says, strike one. He backs out of the box and says, hey, come on. That sounded like a, that sounded like a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody thought, but it sure sounded like a ball. That was fun. Oh, that's Um, great. Yeah, we had Carlo Broussard, Mm -hmm. and we, that was last year, and the year before that, we had Father Matthew um, Spencer. And that was during the year of St. Joseph. And, of course, he, he that's his, um, you know, he was talking about St. Joseph. That's his, uh, his order. So it was really, that's some good, good lines. He's, he's a great speaker, too. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Yeah, really the, the year of St. Joseph, I think we, uh, uh, in the diocese, we had a pilgrimage to try to, you know, uh, people, mm-hmm. they didn't do it all at once. But uh, I think there are 12 St. Joseph's in the Diocese of Sacramento. Yeah. And, and it was it was like they put out a little map with a star in every little town. You know, there's one in Wairica, and I think I think Rio Vista, and you know, just all over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Marysville, you know, just everywhere. Uh, right. it's, it's it's interesting if you, somebody says, you know, name a name a parish in the Diocese of Sacramento, you won't go wrong if you say St. Joseph's. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I remember that. I had I had great intentions about that, but I don't think I made. Didn't, a lot of people didn't make Wairika. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that's right. Which is, exactly. it's, I've actually, I've actually been to that church. It's a beautiful yeah. little church, right, right uh, in the downtown area. Wow. Yeah. No, that's uh, yeah. That was it's special, you know, when the diocese does something like that. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this is this is uh, we're going to do our our famous uh, pulled pork again. So oh, good. we'll offer the men that you know that catered. Uh, catered lunch again and right now we're in the process of, of, of getting priests to help hear confessions so we try to have four or five priests um and so we've got a few so far but we're still going for more and and uh that's always nice too just to have the priests there mm-hmm. at least in part and kind of honor them and thank them and sometimes it's the retired priests and they they really uh, like coming and being with the men and, and uh hearing confessions you know um, and of doing what they're built for you know <laughs> yeah no, that's exactly right yeah. That's exactly yeah. Right. So, um, so yeah, October twenty eighth at St. Mel, 
and that's in Fair Oaks. And again, uh, you can sign up at smtcevents.org or go to St. Mel website and check out events, and uh, it'll bring you right to it. Well, that's that is that is just great stuff, and uh, uh, St. Mel's is just I, I I just love every parish of this diocese. But boy, you you, you guys have such great, great events there. I, I, explain a little bit about the the Friday night with the family too. Oh sure, okay. So what we do is you know, we always try to take advantage, and I mean that in the kindest way, <laughs> of our speaker um, coming into town. And since it's a men's only event on Saturday. We always ask them when we're doing the contracts, would you be willing to do a talk to the parish on Friday? So, um, you know, that's all the families and their children. And a lot of times people from other parishes come with their families. And uh, we're, we're over in the church. And um, this year, of course, it's Deacon Harold Sivers. We'll give about a 30-minute talk um, to the families. And it's usually connected to what our theme is for the men. And uh, one little side benefit is that is sometimes those the, the ladies are, are, you know, poking their husband in the ribs, say, you got to go to this thing tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah. that helps. Um, and then what we do is we go over to the parish center, and, and we're all set up with, with um, you know, tables already for the, for the next day. But we let people have ice cream. We get some of the kids scooping ice cream, or we scoop it the night before. And the deacon will have Q&A, and um, he'll have his materials there, you know, different books, things he's been working on. And, He'll sign those. You have an opportunity to purchase some of his materials. And uh, they've all been great about spending time with people. You know, it's a, it's a smaller group, and, and uh, they get to visit. They get to answer questions and meet him. And so it's a nice way to extend it so it's not so exclusive just to the men on Saturday, but it opens it up to the whole parish and, and some other people from other parishes as well. Very, very good. Again, that will and be on the 27th of October. That's on the 27th. That's right. And that's all free. Uh, on Friday, so, and uh, for the men, it's forty dollars on Saturday. But we've had a policy since the beginning. We were not about making money, and we've always made it our practice to um, not turn anyone away for any financial difficulty. So we have sponsors step up, and it just always works out. So if there's a man out there listening, or, or somebody that's listening who wants to invite somebody, um, do it. Don't hesitate, and uh, we'll be in good shape. We'll get you in there. Give a, give a phone number one more time. Sure. The phone is 916-612-0479. Very good. Well, Mike, it's, it's always a joy to talk with you, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, I'm sure our paths will cross again before October 28th. That, that sounds great. I, Bob, I almost got up because I'm sitting in my kitchen, and I'm watching my hydrangeas melt into nothingness. So now we're trying to go water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I I am fascinated with nature, and I I I've, we did that. I remember doing that with my kids one time with a tomato plant. You know that it, it yeah. got real hot all of a sudden, and and our tomato plant went in the backyard, and they, they had nurtured this tomato plant forever, and and it was all wilted. It looked like yeah. this is it. And I said, get a glass of water. Get a glass of water. You know, it's just right. one plant, and they put that water. I mean, it was like five minutes. Wow. And it was like brand new you know and i thought wow that's just it's amazing yeah it is amazing you know but hydrangeas <laughs> that's one of my favorite flowers that's a portland yeah. flower by the way 
Oh, it is. Oh, I yeah. They, they, they like cold weather a little bit more, Mike. You should know that. Uh, this is not, yeah. <laughs> this is not well, the climate for them. The one that we get, we have three, and I've got two in the two in the ground that do great. One in the barrel is the guy that struggles. You know, just that, yep. that barrel hot and water evaporates something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It is amazing. Well, it kind of comes back to our theme to reviving Christ. Right? I think about revi- renewal or revival. Yeah. It's to, to, to revive someone, to bring back the life. So it's about life. That little glass of water. So we're hoping this is our our glass of water to the men. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, Mike, always a joy. Uh, we'll look forward to our paths crossing again soon. All right. Thank you, Bob. I yeah. appreciate you. Yeah. God, God bless you. That's, uh, God bless you, too, Mike. That's, thanks so thanks. much. That's uh, Mike Allison, who puts together this great uh, men's, men's uh, Saturday on October 28th at St. Mel's, Pennsylvania Avenue in Fair Oaks. Uh, give him a call, 916-612-0479. If you want to hear a dynamic speaker, uh, go and listen to Deacon Harold Burke Severs. He's really, he's really, really uh, something. You know, I got saint, sent uh, a wonderful uh, book, "The Wisdom of the Saints," and it just, it's uh, just, um, you know, it's not, it's not about the saints as much as it is a day by day of every day of the year for saints. And a, a saying that each saint had, for instance, uh, January 1st, St. Catherine of Siena, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. January 2, St. Augustine, pray as though everything depended on God. Work as though everything depended on you. Uh, January 3, St. Thomas More, earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. January 4, another one of my favorites, St. Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton. Live simply so that others may simply live. St. Basil the Great, January 5, it is not he who begins well who is perfect. It is he who ends well who is approved in God's sight. St. Vincent de Paul, a man of prayer, is capable of everything. St. Faustina, mercy is the greatest attribute of God. That's very comforting. Uh, uh, of course, the Divine Mercy, uh, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, all credited to St. Faustina of uh, Poland. Uh, St. John of the Cross, the soul of one who serves God always swims in joy, always keeps holiday, and is always in the mood for singing. Another St. Thomas More, January 9, nothing can happen to me that God doesn't want. And all that he wants, no matter how bad it may appear to us, is really for the best. Another of my favorite saints, St. Maximilian Col- How could they not all be my favorites? They're saints. St. Maximilian uh, Colby, God sends us friends to be our firm support in the whirlpool of struggle. In the company of friends, we will find strength to attain our sublime ideal. You should read, if you don't know about St. Maximilian Colby, uh, you should read his story. It's unbelievable. St. Jordan of Saxony, you who have the kingdom of heaven are not a poor little woman, but a queen. St. Teresa of Calcutta, if you want, uh, Mother Teresa, of course, if you want to bring happiness to the whole world, go home and love your family. Boy, isn't isn't that true that uh, when you, uh, you 
you've, it all starts in the family. You want to change the world. People, I want to change the world. I want to do something great. I want to do all this stuff. Uh, if you want to change the world, start at home. Love your, love your spouse. Love your kids. Make them good human beings. Uh, those, those things are just absolutely, absolutely um, fabulous. So, yeah. Uh, another St. Anthony the Great, the fruits of the earth are not brought to perfection immediately, but by time, rain, and care. Similarly, the fruits of men ripen through ascetic practice, study, time, perseverance, self-control, and patience. St. Gregory of Nyssa, who gives you the day, will give you also the things necessary for the day. Well, we were fortunate to sit down with our good friend Julie Sly, the editor of the Catholic Herald magazine, and she gave us a preview of the wonderful September-October issue, which is uh, about to hit the uh, newsstands, about to hit your mailbox, and also hit the uh, online edition as well. So we'll bring you the, in our interview with Julie Sly now. And I'll just run through them. Yes. How about that? Yeah, that's okay. Great. So our cover story is about um, family from. Holy Spirit Parish here in Sacramento, right. Jonathan, uh, Sonia, and Ella mm-hmm. Bray. Ella is their daughter, who I believe is in second grade mm-hmm. at Holy Spirit School, which has started this week. And um, they had um, something happen in their lives, uh, and we were very um, fortunate. It's not an easy uh, discussion to have, but they lost a uh, child, another daughter, earlier this year, and um, they um, had to work through everything and with their own daughter and that, and so um, they were willing to tell their story to Lynette Magnino, one of our writers, and um, it uh, recaps uh, when they were from February this year. Uh, they were going to have the baby shower for the new little Earl, Janessa Bray. And um, uh, Sonia was going to have her baby around mid-March. And uh, they were in a welcome, their another daughter to their growing family. And when they were going to the shower, um, Sonia felt a lot of pain and discomfort at the, what well, was actually at the shower. And, but she didn't mention it to anyone. But then she, on the way home, they continue, she continued to have worsening pain. So she and assumed it was... was before birth. Yeah, right. she was eight months along. Right. Right. And she assumed that she was having early contractions. So they went to their um, the hospital. And unfortunately, their provider hospital didn't have room for them that day. So they oh were t- turned away to another hospital. We're not mentioning any names. I don't know right. what name, what hospital it was. Anyway, uh, they went in the ER room, and the doctor um, returned after an ultrasound and just said um, that the baby uh, had been dead. Oh, my And gosh. so, um, oh. yeah. So wow. they had a, a lot of, you know, things to deal with and, and move through. So um, the baby was 37 weeks which was considered full-term by medical professionals. 
um, loss after 20 weeks is described as a stillbirth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. while loss occurring before 20 weeks is known as miscarriage. So uh, this is the first time I believe we've had a story in our magazine with the family willing to share their loss of a baby. Obviously, it's a very difficult thing to talk about. Um, Jonathan, the father, says it was so, so hard. We had to lean on each other a lot. Um, uh, There was a hospital chaplain there who offered them comfort and um, a hospital staff member brought in baby Janessa and together with the chaplain, they prayed over the baby and that gave them a lot of comfort. Um, so they saw the baby, and um, they were. Sonia was in the hospital for four days, and uh, luckily they have a lot of family and friends who helped them during this time, and they also were um, comforted and assisted by fellow kindergarten parents, parents and Holy Spirit School, and they had a group chat with the parents to let them know the news and how Ella, their classmate, was doing. So um, Sonia says, we wanted other parents to know so they could talk to their own children. Uh, And also the other school families organized a meal train, signing up to prepare meals for the Bray family so they didn't have to worry about cooking for a while. And um, a family member also set up an online GoFundMe page to help with funeral expenses Mm -hmm. as well as the Knights of Columbus helped them with some of the expenses. And um, also um, they were counseled and and had meetings with Father Loretto Rojas, the pastor of Holy Spirit, which was very helpful. Father Bong, as we call him. Yeah, Father Bong. And so um, several weeks before the funeral in mid-March, they also met with Steve Patton, who's one of the family service advisors Mm -hmm. at Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services. And he was also our Respect Life Ministries director here prior to that for about 10 years. And so um, they were very fortunate that Jonathan's uncle gifted them a place in the family crypt in the mausoleum at St. Mary's Cemetery, so they didn't have to worry about trying to find a place for Janessa to be buried. And um, and so Janessa is in a space above Jonathan's grandmother in the crypt. And Jonathan says, it took away a lot of stress, um, and they were relieved that they... Choosing a location was not required, only a refocusing of their minds on life everlasting. And, um, of course, they worked through everything with Ella. Uh, Father Bond delivered the homily at the funeral mass. Um, so, Jonathan says it's taken them many months, but he says, I'm not even questioning it anymore. Uh, and he tries to learn from this and see how it makes us all stronger as a family and closer to God. Uh, as the months have gone by, Sonia says it's easier to talk about, but I still have my moments. Um, Jonathan says I'm an emotional guy, and he emphasizes their need to be there for each other and help one another through this grieving. 
So they feel, well, obviously they will never forget knowing that uh, their baby forever changed their lives. And then we have a sidebar story with Steve Patton, uh, how he walked with the Bray, Bray family during their time of loss. So we hope this will be something that we know many, many families go through miscarriage, go through um, having a stillborn baby. So, um, you know. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you had the sidebar on Steve Patton as well, because first off, the the Brays are so, so you know, very brave mm -hmm. to tell their story and, and, and sort of relive it because they know, they know it will help others. But also, Steve Patton is a very decent, compassionate man. Mm -hmm. And um, they're very lucky that, uh, and, and Father, Father Bong Rojas as well. You know, yes. And it, both of them mentioned prominently in this story, uh, Steve in a sidebar to the story, um, they, were in, they were in good hands in a very, very difficult situation. Well, interesting, Steve says, um, uh, the... Um, how they weren't at, at Hatlet Funeral and Cemetery Services. It's sort of a rotation process among advisors that assigns client families as needs arise to the next available advisor. But Steve also added, so very often it is the Holy Spirit at work in determining who it's assigned to whom. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, and of course, Steve... Um, um, I, and his wife, Bridget, I believe, had gone through yes. perhaps more than one miscarriage. I can't remember. They were in our magazine several years ago about their story about adopting their three children. So he's someone obvious who could relate, have a personal experience of the same thing that the Braves were going through. So um, something not... Uh, well, I, I think it is an, uh, something, having not been gone through pregnancy myself, I can't relate, but um, certainly something that um, young adults, many of them young families experience, and they don't always uh, know who to turn to to help them get right. through the grieving process. Right. And so another thing we want to mention is that Bishop Soto uh, we'll be celebrating a memorial mass for the unborn on Saturday, November 4th at 9 a.m. in the Chapel of St. Mary's Cemetery yeah, and Funeral Center. Um, and that's located at 6509 Fruit Ridge Road in Sacramento. So it's for families, friends, um, anyone who's gone through a type of loss like this. And um, it's being sponsored by the Office of Family and Faith Formation and Hamlet Funeral and Cemetery Services. So um, if you want more uh, information on that, we do have a page on the website, scd.org forward slash mass for unborn 2023. And you can find more information and resources there. Um, something that's not uncommon these days, and I don't know what the statistics are, but we do know that there's certainly a lot of families that um, are having children maybe at an older age right. 
Right. Then decades passed. Right. You know, I don't know what the average age is, but we certainly see um, women having children throughout their 30s. Some have them even even in their early 40s. 40s. It might be a little bit more high risk depending on your health situation and and all of that and and different things. But um, I also read an article recently, too, that... um, uh, yeah, and I don't know the science on this or anything, but, you know, some people do postpone, and then they find out that they can't oh, maybe yeah. oh, have. So then you have people turning to other artificial, right? you know, there's in vitro, of course, we know, you know, what the church teaching is right. regarding that. But I think there are other things, too. Of course, a lot of... Um, uh, couples have success with natural family planning, and I'm, you know, you've talked about that a lot on the, yeah, on the fact, show. You know, when you and, mentioned that, uh, my wife Shelley, when we had our last child, uh, she was forty, uh-huh. had just turned forty. Yeah, and uh, of course, sometimes doctors, <laughs> they, they, the the one thing that, that kind of distressed us is, uh, I think it was with all pregnancies, but but. Uh, Especially the last one, that when she, when she first found out she was pregnant, said, "Oh well, we need to send you in for genetic testing." Oh, is and that the amniocentesis? Which is code code for if there's something wrong. Oh, oh, we'll abort. Is that the amnio thing? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. well, that's I, that's one at thing. that time because this is 18 years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, he he is now 18. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, that that was probably the most common. The, the amnio, which even the amnio had a fatality rate. Sure. Not for the baby, not necessarily for yeah. the mom. And uh, you'd have you'd have a good reason, no matter where you were on the other issue, uh, right. to, to not do it. But, and uh, Shelly just said, well, I, you know, I don't want genetic testing, not not, yeah. not because of the threat to the baby or herself. Uh, right. Know, uh, but because whatever... Whatever God has planned, God has planned, mm-hmm. oh, and we we certainly don't want somebody to say, "Well, your child is going to have this or that," right. and, and then that pressure to to well, the smart thing to do is to abort. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, we wouldn't have. I mean, we wouldn't even consider that option, yeah. no matter what. But that right. was that was really the only reason for. There's no reason to genetically test you. No, I suppose, and they I didn't even have parent, that years ago, didn't yeah, they? Oh, years and years ago, they did. Yeah, but but um, I suppose, I suppose, parents, I it, it could help a parent uh, who to know that their child was going to have a a disability of some kind, mm-hmm. uh, maybe to to know ahead of time so that they could plan for that kind of thing, or even psychologically right. prepare themselves for that kind of thing. But um, usually the reason they're sending it for genetic testing is not a good one, mm-hmm. in, in our minds at least. Yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, I, I'm sure the church doesn't object specifically to, to genetic testing if, if you're doing it just to learn about the baby. Right. But, uh, right. So many people, as, as we know, especially with Down syndromes, they get, they get the, the diagnosis in vitro and they abort. Yeah. And that's just that just wasn't on the table for us. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know if um, 
Yeah, it doesn't. It, of course, they. You know, we wanted to respect their privacy right. here in the in the story. So, um, uh, but they didn't. You know, we don't know the exact reason why right. the, a lot of times the baby dies in the womb. Or, Thirty-seven or, weeks is yeah. That's yeah. Basically, full term. Right. Right. Yeah, that's very sad. Very so sad. we want to thank the Bray family. I hope this is. Um, uh, article that people will enjoy. I'm sure a lot of people will relate to and, it. And, as, and, you know, as Steve emphasized to him, and I'm sure Father yeah. Bong and, and, and their own, just their own faith within themselves, that this is a daughter, Janessa, that they will see again. Right. You know, and that gives us all hope and mm-hmm. joy. Yeah. As, as difficult uh yeah. as difficult as that clearly is. I should also mention too that Catholic um funeral and cemetery services they have now in the Braves case they had a family member who um said, you know, let's put Janessa in the mm-hmm. family crypt. Right. And that but uh they do work with the families. They have um Part of their charitable works, uh, their ministry, is what's called the Holy Angels Lawn. Mm-hmm. And that's a dedicated area at St. Mary's Cemetery for infant and child deaths up to the age of 12. Since these deaths are often unexpected, Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services helps accommodate families, upholding dignity and respect for life. So... Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're very, they were in very So good there's place. a special place there at St. Mary's. I think they have the same thing too at Calvary. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. And we also have, uh, for people that want to know, all souls in the Volio area. Right. 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 So uh, another story I want to mention is um, one uh, about one of our own staff members here at the diocese who I'm. I think you've had probably on the radio program before Laura Lynn Solano. Oh, I have yeah, many times. Yes, I just have such admiration for the work she does. So, um, I knew a little bit about Laura Lynn's background, but I didn't know fully about this story. And she was gracious enough. I had sort of put out feelers saying we'd like to do a story about um, someone who. Uh, has had an abortion and and then moved past that with healing and um, and so she came to me and said that she was willing to tell her story to our readers. So uh, again, another sensitive topic. This is when you sit down with this magazine, you might want to have a little tissue yeah. with you. <laughs> I'm. Uh, we have some tear jerkers yeah. in here. So, um, Lynn, the headline is, I've been in the darkest of places. Laura Lynn contemplates God's life-giving mercy and grace. And she says, um, so um, she actually says she's has had, prior to her working in ministry, she had a lot of personal anguish, repeated crises, contradiction, and hopelessness. Then she says, that's why I got involved in ministry, because I experienced the mercy of God, and my biggest desire is to connect people to that 
and to form them in a way that they can see the richness and beauty of our faith. And so years have gone by since her most traumatic um, events in her life, and, and part of that was why the reason she that kind of compelled her to share her story with our readers. She says, God is so good, and it's never too late in life to turn to him, to grow and to cooperate with his grace. His grace may not always be able to flow through us because of our sin, but he is still there. Time cannot hinder the love of God. So this is um, written by Lynette Magnino again. And I like her subheads here. Chapter one in Lynn's life. If I could mess it up, I would. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so she's 45 today, Lynn. She's actually wife and mother of four. But um, she, her early life was very um, perforated with difficult situations, risky choices. She points to, she said something she wrote in her younger years was, I, if I could mess it up, I would. I started off life very messed up. Um, she says she didn't have a lot of self-worth. Uh, she felt a lot of pressure as a youth and teenager. She grew up near Travis Air Force Base, helping to take care of her siblings, while her immigrant parents worked often multiple jobs to make ends meet. She shares the challenges of her Filipino household, strandling, Philippine, strandling the American culture, but still living Filipino values and experiences. This is very true of a lot of people her age who were up here in the U.S., but had parents that were still very much immersed in the uh, culture, you know, right. their parents. Are we running out of time? No, we're no. Just... Okay, I can't see it. The is waving arms behind me or not. <laughs> okay, so um, she shares. I has a long hook. He does he? Okay, yeah. he's in a hook my neck. So yeah. that's in. I didn't really know which world I was living in. She admits. So when she was fourteen or fifteen, she recalls an encounter with Jesus while participating in a Catholic youth-focused charismatic movement. She said, I felt so full of the Spirit. She said, Jesus, I love you so much, I will never forsake you. So she felt that she was emptying herself to Jesus. She met her first boyfriend as a high school sophomore, and he provided some stability and love. Or she says, what I thought was love. She barely graduated from high school, and she became pregnant at age 18. She was frightened, unemployed, and succumbing to the ultimatum from her boyfriend. She found herself at Planned Parenthood, proceeding with an abortion. I fell deeper into depression, and I remember praying and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please give me another chance, and I won't mess it up. She prayed to God. In her heart, she knew she needed to end her relationship with her high school sweetheart, who went on to enroll at UC San Diego. She wanted a life of faith, but she believed I needed to stay with him. So she had a lot of contradictions going on within herself. Um, She agonized over his emotional abuse and his lack of commitment, yet within a year she was pregnant again. 
following threats from her boyfriend and attempted suicide and tense arguments with their mother, she carried the baby to birth. And that is her daughter, Alexandria, now who I believe is about 24, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And um, at that time when she delivered the baby, her boyfriend came around wanting to do his part. Um, and she thought, thought that was a sign of hope. She said, I thought, I guess, I thought we were moving forward. Um, and he insisted that maybe Alexandria saved his life. But now, um, uh, her boyfriend then returned to school. Laura Lynn began a job with United Airlines and allowed for frequent visits so he could visit their baby. But she says any effort to salvage their long-distance relationship see, seemed plagued by his indifference. Uh, Laurelyn shares that she was still very depressed on antidepressants, became pregnant two more times, terminated each pregnancy, and attempted suicide once again. Wow. I still love God, she said, but I had messed up so much already, I felt like I was going to hell anyway. And she says, at times I was living in hell. I was mad at God that he wouldn't let me end it. Um, but her baby, Alexandria, helped her stay alive. So when she was 24, Laura Lynn recalls her parents' new involvement in the charismatic movement and nice memories came back to her from her own involvement as a youth. She said there was a particular speaker who later became her spiritual director, taught her about the divine indwelling, introducing Lynn to contemplative prayer. She learned of God's presence inside, and no matter how many times we turn away, God is still there. Um, so she went kind of through a spiritual revival and, and gaining peace. Um, she describes a surreal evening when five-year-old Alexandria came into her bedroom and very seriously sent to her, Mommy, you need to make a decision if you want to love God or if you want to date Daddy. <laughs> wow. Wisdom out of the mouth of babes. <laughs> wow. So um, anyway, um, she decided to go through some changes. She left behind her troubled and harmful relationship with her boyfriend, she left behind her medications and her job that seemed to contradict her revived faith. She says, I went to adoration as much as I could, and I contemplated as much as I could. And she became particularly attached to the writings of St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila. I really felt like I was in a, I had been in a dark, dark pool, and there was a ray of light coming through. She looks back and recognizes how God's love, the church, the sacraments, and the community around her strengthened and supported her healing journey. Then they had the tragic news that her daughter's father had been murdered in a drug deal. I believe that was in Fairfield, I think. 
Um, so she moved with her, fa- her parents and her daughter, Alexandria, to West Sacramento to try and start anew. Eventually, she became um, the religious ed director at Our Lady of Grace in West Sacramento. Got in into a lot of things with ministry. A beautiful little yeah, church. Yeah. And we have a beautiful picture here of that she provided me with Lynn with her daughter, Alexandria. She's a tremendous wrestler. Yes. Her yeah. daughter went to Christian Brothers and um, has placed uh, before in the World Wrestling Championships and is She's married hope, now and hope, yeah, living up by Oregon State, I, I believe, in Corvallis yeah. and training and hoping to make the women's wrestling Squad, I believe, in the summer Olympics right. for next year. Yeah. Yeah, her yeah, daughter's a, a fantastic a, athlete. She's a force of nature. Yeah. 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 Laura Lynn says, there are always going to be hard parts of life, but we have to humble ourselves to accept what God and the church offer. So today, I want to turn around in somebody's life. Today, Laura Lynn and her husband, Jason, who actually works as liturgy coordinator at Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services. So they both work in ministry. Um, are nearing their 20th wedding anniversary. They call Our Lady of Grace Parish in West Sac, their spiritual home. Together amid their own ups and downs, they are convinced that Jesus has been with us the whole time. Grace has always been in our lives, but we have learned to cooperate with it now. And they have three children in addition to Alexandria, Jalen, Jason Jr., and Janessa. They're into the J's on their (laughs) last children there. And I know she just posted something today. Um, I don't recall the, I think maybe it's Jalen that's her oldest. Let's see. I have to look at the photo here. Um, Janessa, Jalen is her old, or second oldest daughter, and she's starting her senior year at, at St. Francis oh, wonderful. High, wonderful. High School. As I saw Lynn post a picture today saying, where'd the time go? Julie, so, those are I know, they're tear-jerker issue. I don't stories. know if I planned it that way, but it came out that way. <laughs> Hopefully we can get you back on to discuss okay. the rest of this beautiful Catholic yeah. world. So and people should receive this the first week of September. Very good. Yeah, Very good. great. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks so much. We had a chance to uh, sit down with Deacon uh, Greg McAvoy Jensen to talk about the the Mass, the various parts of our wonderful, wonderful Catholic Mass, and we have we have brought you the we've had four parts of sitting down with Deacon Greg, and we brought you the first two parts, and today we will bring you part three of the Mass with Deacon Greg McAvoy Jensen. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2000. 
800-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. To the cross I look, and to the cross I cling. Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing On it must save you Both bruised and crushed Showing that God is love And God is just I'm reconciled 